We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. It's so good to be with you all today. I was just telling my wife before I got up here that I, I really miss you. I miss you, Anthem, but I'm glad that we can be together today uh, worshiping our God and, and opening his word, and we really are together in that. So years ago, there was a missionary named Frederick Nolan. And Frederick Nolan was sharing the gospel in North Africa when a persecution came up. And because of the persecution, he had to flee, and he ran, and he ended up hiding in a cave. But he expected that the people who were hunting him were going to find him. And hiding in this cave, he sees this little spider starting to weave a web at the entrance to the cave. And sure enough, later, his his would-be captors come, and they kind of peer inside the cave, but... Clearly, they think nobody can be inside there because the web would be broken. And so his, his captors leave, and Frederick Nolan escapes. And later, he wrote about that experience. He said, where God is, a spider's web is like a wall. Where God is not, a wall is like a spider's web. And today, I want to talk about how in, in times of trouble, a lot of times we can hide but God is a God who saves. And our world and our nation is in a time of trouble right now. And there is a lot to be anxious about, but even now, God is a God who saves. And now just for a little context before we get into our message today, about 3,000 years ago, there was a guy in Israel named David. And David was just a, a regular shepherd, but God told David that he was going to be king of Israel. And now the problem was that there already was a king in Israel, and his name was Saul. And at first, the two really got along. Saul really loved David because the Bible says Saul was troubled by an evil spirit. But David was this incredible musician, and when he played music for Saul, it made the spirit go away, and it gave relief to Saul. And so Saul loved David David also proved that he was a very brave warrior because uh, he was the only guy willing to defend Israel, to stand up to the enemy's champion, and that's the story of David and Goliath, if you've ever heard that. And after David killed Goliath, he became a hero not just to Saul, but to all of Israel. And in fact, the people of Israel started to love David even more than Saul. And this is where things kind of started to turn around because Saul could see that the people were starting to love him more. He was starting to see David as a threat. And the people of Israel were honoring David above the king. They wrote a song that said, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And so Saul decides to kill David. So David runs for his life and he's gone from Mr. Popular and this national hero to just trying to survive. And he must be thinking, God, you told me I was going to be king. You said I was going to be king, but not the real king is out here trying to kill me. And David ends up hiding in a lot of caves. And one of those caves, most experts think it's the cave of Adullam. David actually, in the middle of this, running for years, he writes a song. And that song is now known, what we now know as Psalm 57. And so if you would open your Bibles, let's go there, Psalm 57. And just a side note, it, something that I've been processing a lot in the last few months since the lockdown is how easy it is for me to be a consumer Christian. And I've just been encouraged in the Lord lately to really not just watch church, but participate in it. 
And I just want to encourage you to do the same, to, to open the Bible, to sing out, to stand up, to pray, and most of all, just to worship the Lord where you are. And let's do that right now with Psalm 57. It's three moves today. The problem, solution, response. Really straightforward. Problem, solution, response. And now the pretext says, for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David, a mictum, when he had fled from Saul into the cave. And David says, Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high. And when I read that, I don't know about you, but this just hits me. And I think it hits us these days. We've got this pandemic that human strength and human, human ingenuity so far just have not been sufficient for. We've got injustice, racism, that has been plaguing this nation for hundreds of years and in many ways, in many places, is still plaguing us. People in our church, we know people who have gotten sick, who have gotten laid off, who have had no justice. And so we too can cry out, have mercy, God, have mercy, for in you I take refuge says David. Now we actually have this story, the background for Psalm 57 recorded for us in 1 Samuel chapter 22 where it says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. So David is hiding in this cave, and, and I think it's important. Who's with David in the cave? It says those in distress, those in debt, and those discontent with the way the world is. And is that any of us? I know that I've been there. Are you in distress? Are you in debt? Are you unhappy with the way the world is right now? That would be understandable, and maybe it's not that hard for us these days to be in the cave with David. Maybe it's not that hard to feel some of that desperation. And, and speaking for myself, I know that those first few weeks of quarantine and, and kind of off and on since then, there's been a lot of moments of stress for me and times when I wanted to cry out and just say, have mercy, God. Take this away. And I would encourage you to put yourselves there in that place of discomfort, mourning, even in danger. And David's in this cave, but he doesn't say, I will take refuge in a cave. He says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And Jesus just helped that to be our prayer today. You might take refuge in comfort. I know that I have taken probably an unhealthy amount of refuge in the last few months in social distancing. We take refuge in all kinds of things, but let us say today that we take refuge in the shadow of your wings because that is the only safe place and Notice this, when, when little baby chicks hide under their mother's wings, it's not like the danger suddenly disappears. The mother takes the danger upon herself. All of the rain and the hail and the predators strike the mother, but the chicks are spared, and, and that's us. When we hide in Jesus, he takes the cost on himself. In verse 2, David says, I cry out to God most high, and, and we feel that. All of the things that we thought were stable have turned out to be fragile. We thought maybe our health or our business or some relationship was safe, 
and predictable, but everything is being shaken. And at one time or another, whether you feel like you're there now or not, at one time or another for all of us, we, we come into these times of trouble and we cry out to God Most High. But... And there's always a but. There's an answer. And David says he's crying out to God who vindicates me. I love the ESV translation. It says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. See, death is knocking at his door. But David recognizes even in this really hard time, God is fulfilling his purposes for him. It's so beautiful. The apostle Paul Later, a thousand years later, says a similar thing to Christians who are being persecuted in Rome. In Romans 8.28, he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, God has a purpose for you, and do you believe that none of your circumstances can stop God's purposes or his promises for you? Your bank account, your relationship status, your boss, COVID, politics, even the devil himself cannot stop God's purposes. And do you know what else? God can work his purposes even through the really hard stuff. David knew that just like killing Goliath was one way that God was working his purposes, so too was hiding in a cave in the Israeli desert. And I do want to be clear, this does not mean that everything that happens is good. But it means everything that happens, God can use to work together for good. And I think we don't have David the king without David the fugitive. And I'm just praying that for myself. I'm praying that for Anthem, that in a year or, or hopefully sooner, we look back at this time and we say, COVID 2020, man, that was, that was rough. But that season made us fall even more deeply in love with Jesus even more deeply in love with evangelism, with our own quiet times with God. And the injustice that we saw in that time or that we maybe just became aware of in that time, that it made us even more deeply desire to represent the fullness of the kingdom of God. And so I'd ask, what's God doing in your life in this time? I promise you, I promise you the answer is not nothing. So take a few seconds and and now or after this, take a minute to email or call or text somebody and tell them, here's what I see God doing because his purposes can't be stopped and his purposes are for your good and his glory. Now verse three, he sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and faithfulness. See, God is not confined to earthly tools. He's not confined to human rescue plans. God sends from heaven. And that's why David can have all kind of confidence, even when he's afraid, because he knows God is with him and is, as we say in this church, the God of the impossible. And this is the gospel, even though it's coming a thousand years before Jesus. This psalm is a foretaste of the good news of the Savior of the world. I think about Luke 24, Jesus says the Psalms are pointing to him. See, David doesn't even know it when he's writing this, but he's writing about Jesus. David says God is going to send help from heaven. He's going to bring justice. He's going to set free. And for David, that is exactly what happens. He doesn't know it when he writes this. His fear and his anxiety is real. 
he does escape, and God does make him king. And maybe that's like it is for us. Our fears and our anxieties are real. We don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, but God already sent from heaven. He already did, and I was thinking about this. It makes me think about the church in China right now is projected to be the largest Christian community of any country in the world by 2030. This is crazy, 10 years away. But right now, so many Chinese Christians are underground, running from persecution, facing imprisonment. But so many of them, like David, have not given up on God, and they know that God has not given up on them, even in this season in the cave. Now, what does all this mean? What does it mean for Chinese Christians today, for David 3,000 years ago? What does it mean for us? It means we all have a problem called sin. We're all running for our life, but we just can't escape. It's in us so deeply, and it's around us so completely. We're not even aware of all of it. We didn't know how prideful we were, maybe. We didn't know, some of us, how much implicit bias we carried, and our sin was going to destroy us. But God, but God has a solution and his name is Jesus and God sent him from heaven. God sent his only son to become a human being like us, to take on our weakness, to face down the same temptation that maybe you are facing right now. But unlike us, Jesus did that perfectly and then he laid down his life. And when he laid down his life, he took on all the judgment that was meant for us, all the weight of our sin And because he was perfect God, he could pay that debt. He could pay our debt. And then Jesus rose again. A man like you and me, three days was in the ground, and then he was alive again. I wish I could tell you all about what that means and why we know that, but it's true. And this is God's love and faithfulness to be our redemption and in doing that to set us free and to save us. Do you feel burdened? Do you feel maybe like you are a burden? Do you feel anxiety or fear about the future? That would be understandable. But we see David was close to death, and yet he had hope. God sends from heaven and saves him. He says that. He says that before he's seen the salvation. He says it in the cave, and that is called faith, this trusting, this believing without seeing. And you can have that too, and Jesus brings a hope that never fails. Jesus is worthy of our faith in every single circumstance. And if you've never met Jesus before, now is the time. In our lifetimes, there's probably never been a season, probably never been a season that more clearly shows how much we need a God who never fails, how much we need hope. And if you want to know Jesus, I would love it if you would connect with me or the elders in our church or the elders' wives or anybody in our church. We would love, love to share that with you. And I'll say, if you don't know Jesus, you can still meet with him now. You can encounter him now. You can say, I cry out, God most high, send from heaven and save me. And the good news of the gospel is that he did and he does. And if you cry out to him, he will for you too. Okay, but we're still in the middle of the psalm. David is still in trouble. We pick up in verse 4. He says, I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. 
Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path. But they have fallen into it themselves. And you can just feel it, can't you? David is not repressing any of his emotions here. David is not being fake with God. He's saying, this is hard. I'm in the middle of lions. And still he glorifies God in the valley, in the cave. David says, be exalted, O God. How does he do that? He's being hunted. He's just trying to survive. And it makes me think I was reminded, uh, a few years ago I was rock climbing and I saw this, there was this little girl there. This girl could not have been eight years old and she was really terrified. Like, what if I fall? What if I can't do it? And I remember watching her father come up behind her and speak comfortingly to her and kind of put her on the wall and then just keep his hand right here. And suddenly this girl just took off. And have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen how kids can become fearless when their parents are around? And David was confident enough to write worship songs with a sword over his head because he knew his heavenly father was with him. And the same is true for us. If we trust that God is faithful, it doesn't mean everything goes away, but we can be more fearless. We know that God is a rescuer, that God is sovereign, that God is good, and we'll be able to praise him in the middle of pandemics and in the middle of protests. And now to to bring it in, let's see David's response in all this. I want us to take away three responses. The first is in verse 7. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is is steadfast. In the middle of this time of incredible terror, when it would be so easy to give up or to panic, David remains what? He remains steadfast. See, our culture gives us a script that says, I, as a a totally free and self-assured individual, um, am almost invincible. I might say, yeah, this is a difficult time, but nothing is going to bring me down. I'm just going to keep fighting. But I think we've seen in recent months how badly that script can fail us. And with what, with what we're facing right now, we can be steadfast because of Jesus, rooted in the knowledge that God is loving and faithful. And let that be what the world says about us. When other people might have panicked, or when some people got bitter, or when others thought, I can't be touched by any of this, let them say about the Christians that we were steadfast. Not because we forced ourselves to be strong, but because we belong to a God who is almighty. So we can be steadfast because of the, because of the Lord. And the second response at the end of verse 7, David says, Awake, my soul, awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I love it. There are some exclamation points in there. And think about this. What does it mean that David wrote this psalm when there was a whole army chasing him down? What does it mean that he wrote this psalm and all of his psalms before there was a sanctuary? The church's greatest poet wrote this poem in the middle of some extreme danger. The church's greatest ever worship leader, the main songwriter of church history, wrote this psalm and all his psalms without a sanctuary. And now I cannot wait for the pandemic to be gone. I can't wait for justice to roll down in this country, and I cannot wait to get back with all of you on a Sunday morning at Anthem 
But I say this to highlight the fact that we can and we must worship apart from comfort and apart from an auditorium. I want us to be like David. I want songs to come out of this time. I want songs to come out of the cave. I'm serious. I would love it. I would love it so much if you today would write a poem of praise, if you would write a blog post, if you would write a worship song today. All of us, we cannot wait for a medical breakthrough, but I do think about the books and the worship sets and the art and the beauty that can come out of this time, and I just want it to all be praise. Whatever we do, let's praise him, even in the cave, even and especially now. Praise God. All right, in the third and final response, verse 9 says, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. See, we can be steadfast. We can praise God. And here we can testify to who God is and why we have hope in him, how we have hope in him. David's like, the whole nation is coming down on me with sword and shield, but no, I'm going to praise you, Lord. And I'm not just going to praise you, I'm going to praise you among the nations. Even now, I'm not going to keep you to myself, God. This hope that I have, this song that I'm singing, how can I not share it? So I'll say again, what is your testimony right now? It's something. Let us share the good news of the gospel. Let us be ambassadors of Christ to everybody we meet, even virtually. Steve has talked quite a bit lately about the urgency of the gospel in this time, and I could not agree more. And I just want to echo, again, there's never been a time for testifying about Jesus like right now. And part of that is because people are desperate in a unique way, and people are recognizing their desperation and their need in a unique way. People are overwhelmed and undervalued, but we can point them to the God who sees them, the God who is with them, the God who turns mourning into dancing and who turns spider webs into impenetrable walls. And all it is, if you don't know him, it's we repent of our sins, and that means recognizing there's a problem, and we believe in God, and that means surrendering to the answer. And he can make this time not just something to get through, but a time like no other. And that is my prayer for us as a church and for us as Christians and people that this would be a time like no other, that we would not waste this time, that we would follow God's lead and do what he's doing in this time. When we rest and trust in God, we can be steadfast. Because of what he's done and what he's doing, we can praise him. And we can testify to the world to the whole world, that God is the only one, the only one whose love and faithfulness will never, ever fade. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.